to see that when we started this Chumash program, the Chumash with Rashi program, that everybody really jumped at. I said to Rabbi Edelman that I'm having too much nachas from how it's going so well. I feel bad stopping giving the Shmuel. So this week, no Shmuel. I'm just joking. But I feel bad stopping. I feel bad stopping. At the very least, I felt like it was worthwhile to make the Shmuel shorter this week just to be able to give you more time. It was going so well. It was really, really an honor and privilege. It's something I want you to know. I want you to know that I wish that there had been more of a concerted effort, more of a serious effort, when I myself was in high school, to make sure that we were doing Chumash with Rashi, because it's such an important part of my life now. Certainly your Rebbe's and you will tell you that a day doesn't go by in our lives that we don't learn Chumash with Rashi. It's such a part of my a part of our life. And Bez Hashem will be able to take this with us, not just today, and not just on Sunday, and not just for the rest of high school, Bez Hashem, but you'll be able to take this with you for the rest of your life. You'll know, yes, there's something called Shnayim Mechavach Targum to do it, Rash the Chumish with a Targum. But you know what? I can't be a firm Jew without Chumish with Rashi. Chumish with Rashi. How can I be a firm Jew without knowing Ela Tildes Noyach? Was Noyach the biggest tzaddik in the whole world, in the history of the world, or was he only big for his gender? How can I be big without knowing that? How can I be big? How can I be good from Jew without knowing? Tzoyar, that Noyach had to build a Tzoyar for the Teva. What's the Tzoyar? I learned about the Mabel. I learned about the Teva. How could I be... Huh? Give me all the questions on the quiz. But... How could I be from without knowing that? And soon you're going to learn Rashi's. That you're going to learn a Rashi and it's going to hit you. This happens to all of us. You're going to learn a Rashi hit you and you're going to define your life by that Rashi. When I got married, just a quick story, and I got married, it was Parshas Vayakil Pekude. Yeah? The, off, my my Shabbat Shabbat was Parshas Vayakil Pekude. And I remember I, I spoke, my family still makes fun of me, because by Shabbat I spoke for an hour and 45 minutes. And it was all on one Rashi. It was all about one Rashi. Rashi said, I can tell you what it was. Rashi says that Moshe made the Aaron. Only Moshe? <laughs> Only Moshe. And it's all Rashi. It defined my life. It's such an important Rashi. And Bez Hashem, with this Chumash and Rashi program, which is not going to be a program, but it's going to be a Chumash Rashi life for us, Bez Hashem, we should take that with us for the rest of our lives, Bez Hashem, and for us and for our children. We learn about a very confusing person in this week's parasha, and that is Noyach. Noyach. Noyach ish tzaddik. The Torah starts off by saying Noyach was a tzaddik. Noyach was a tzaddik. About 18 years ago, I was in Eretz Yisrael, and there was a tremendous Rosh Hashiva who was nifty. He's not well, very well known. His name was Reb Lezer Pluchinsky. Reb Lezer Manoyach Pluchinsky. It happened to be, I think he was nifty right after Sukkis. And Rabbeinu Hagadol of Shmuel Berman, Zechatzadik Levracho, was in Eretz Yisrael still. So by the Levaya, by the funeral of Reb Lezer Pluchinsky, Reb Shmuel got up to speak. Reb Shmuel was much younger, about 20 years younger at least, than Reb Lezer. But Reb Shmuel got up to speak. And I remember he gave his hesped, his eulogy was on this week's parasha. Eile teildes He started. I remember. Eile teildes 
Neach ish tzadik. Tell me how you be there isa. He says, Neach was a tzadik in his generations. And he said, Rashi, Pirish Rashi, Yeshman Rabbi Hussainu Doshin Hussain Lishvach, Yeshman Rabbi Hussainu Doshin Hussain Lagnai. Some of our rabbis say that this is a compliment to Neach, and some of our rabbis say it was an insult to Neach. So Rabbi Shmuel asked the obvious question. If, it's almost like, I feel like Benny was asking this question before, and he was learning Chumash, teaching beautifully. But he said, if there's an opportunity to give a compliment to Nayak, why does the Torah even have to hint to the possibility of an insult? Why yesh v'yesh? Why are there some rabbis who give an insult, use it as an insult, and some use it as a compliment? If there's an opportunity for both, just go with the compliment. I'm not going to say his answer. His answer was wonderful. He doesn't need me to say that. But it's such an important thing for us to know. If there's an opportunity to give a compliment, to give a great line, to say something nice about somebody else, or you can use that same moment, those same few words, to say something destructive and abusive and bullying to someone else, the thing that's bullying, it might be much funnier for now, but I, I can trust me and all your Rebbies that when you get older and you look back at that guy that you said that to, sometimes it won't be so funny anymore. And you have an opportunity to build a person, to say something nice to that person, that sometimes a compliment a person will it'll stick with a person forever. They'll say, you know what? Even though he was just my classmate, he was, he was a 12th grader who said it about me. Just another guy in yeshiva. But you know what? I still remember it now. I still remember it now. When I was in Yeshiva Teres Mishnah Yisrael, one of the most mind-blowing things that I learned there was, was that you learn so much more from your friends, at times, than from your Rebbeim. The guys in Yeshiva, who were those guys who took learning seriously, they were the coolest guys in Yeshiva. These guys, nobody here could dunk. These guys were dunking. These guys were great ball players. But the coolest part about them was they also never went to sleep because they were learning through the night, these guys. I had a guy, his name was Arye. This Arye, he was huge, huge, a big bodybuilder, tremendous guy. And I got the schuss to learn with Arye. He's just a year older than me, but I got the schuss to learn with him by night seder from 1 to 2 o'clock. Why is it like I wanted to learn from 1 to 2? I was exhausted. No, but I got the chance to learn with Arye. I learned with him. This Arya had a condition. If you learn with him or you're in his base medrash, you're never allowed to tell him what time it is. Because he had an opinion, he believed that if he didn't know what time it is, and then he goes to sleep without knowing what time, so then he won't get tired. He won't be exhausted the next day because nobody ever told him what time it was. And he was a big, tough guy. He was a big, scary guy. If you did tell him what time it is, you were running out of the yeshiva, you were running away from your shalim, you were running far away. <laughs> But the guy next to you in yeshiva, the way that he could influence you in a positive way. Oh, that guy, that's the guy I learned Chumash Rashi with. That guy, that's the guy who taught me really to understand the Gemara for the first time. That's the guy I always want to say Shema like. I'll tell you, I was looking at Mayor Davening this morning. I saw a mayor, I'm sure, I'm sure even myself I looked at Mayor Zavur of Davening this morning. I looked at that and I see, I see, yeah, you know what? There's something in that Davening that I myself want to take from. I learned something. The Gemara itself says, we know the very famous Gemara. I learned a lot from my Rebbe's. I learned more from my Chavrusas, and I learned the most from my Talmidim. You can learn a lot from each other. And if there's one thing we get from Shmuel's question on the first Rashi, is that if you have a chance to say something good, why say something bad? There's so much to gain from something good and so much to lose from something bad.
the safer here. Merv and my shoes are kind of used to learn the safer. So I decided I wanted to get it too. So about five years ago, I got the safer too. It's just, it's, it really changed my life. And sometimes you get a safer like that. You go to this farm store, you look at it, you buy it, and it never leaves your shelf. You, keep, you take it off all the time. You take it with you, walk with it. It's an amazing safer. There's a safer, by the way. It was written by Chacham Ovadi Yosef's son. His yard set was this week. This safer, I know I'm going to be holding on to the safer for a long time. It's called like Hadrachel Eventire. I, I carry the safer with me. It's so powerful. All the ideas from Chacham Ovadia. Life changer. But this safer over here was written by Zadel Epstein. Zechern Levrocha. Mashkiach, a Rebbe in RJJ, Mashkiach in Eretz in Torah Or. He asked a very important question. As you keep learning Chumash and Rashi, you'll see that this week's parasha, Rashi says that Noyach was not allowed to leave the Teva until Hashem told him, you can leave the Teva. You, you, he was not allowed to leave earlier. Not a minute earlier. Not a second earlier. Don't get outside that door until Hashem says you can leave. He was not allowed to leave. That's the Pasuk says that. Until Hashem said, Seif and Hateva. And that's what eventually Hashem said. So ask the I don't understand. Noyach couldn't leave until Hashem told him to leave. So why did he send a Yonah out the window? Why did he send a raven out the window, or a dove out the window? Why did he send these birds out the window to see whether the land was dry? We know all about this. When I get home, my little daughter is going to come home, and she's going to have a little project, and there's going to be a picture of it with Yonah sending his hand out the window and a dove flying out of it. I'm sure she's going to have that picture when I get home. And that's what's going to be the partial. What did, what did Noah send out of the Teva? He sent a Yonah. He sent an Orev. He sent a Raven. And what happened? Oh, this one came back. Why did he send it out in the first place? He wasn't allowed to leave anyway until Hashem said, get out of the Teva. Don't leave yet. So why send the birds? It's a great question. Worth asking by your Shabbos table. I'm sure you can get good answers by your Shabbos table, by your beautiful, beautiful Shabbos table. But he says the answer like this. He says that if you're a prisoner in jail, it's true. The prison warden, he doesn't let you get out until the end of your your sentences. You're not going to go and find out, am am I going to get out tomorrow? No, you know. It says it on the wall. It says it on your paper. It says it in your file. You're not coming out until October 21st. You're not coming out. You can't get out. That's it. But if you know you have the greatest opportunity in the world, a great opportunity, and you know that the date for that opportunity is coming up and you can't do it a second before your boss tells you you can do it. But you're so excited. You're so excited. You're going to keep checking. Did it happen yet? No. Did it happen yet? No. You're so excited. I was once by a, 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 another funeral. Another funeral. I'm, I'm Litvish. We go to a lot of funerals. But I was once by a funeral. A levaya for a woman who lived in Lakewood. One of the founders, really, of Lakewood. The Jewish community. Her name was Mrs. Pfeffer. And Mrs. Pfeffer, after she was a Holocaust survivor, when she was Niftara, by her funeral, one of her grandsons got up to speak. And this is what he said. And always, I stuck, it stuck with me all these years later. She, the grandson said that his grandmother was hiding out as a non-Jewish woman during the war. And at one point, she was caught. And she ran. And ran. And she found a cellar in a certain area with food inside. And she hid in that cellar, waiting for the day that she'd be able to get outside. And at some point, while she was there for days and weeks, I don't know how long she was there for, at one point she thinks to herself, 
Before I got down here, Hitler his plan was to kill every single Jew in the world. It might have happened. She said this to herself. I might be the last Jewish woman in the world. That's what she said to herself. It might, it might, it might be. You don't know what people were thinking back then. She said to herself, I might be the last Jewish woman in the world. And if so, I'm like the mother of the Jewish people. That's said. I better make sure I'm a good Jewish woman. I better make sure I'm a great person. Because all the Jewish people might be coming from me. Within a few weeks, someone discovered her. It was a Jewish person. They told her the war is over. And she got out. And she got married. And she was living with her husband in Berlin. She stayed there. Her husband was doing very well in business. Leon Favre, he did very well in business. In Berlin. And they had a son. And her husband said, okay, we'll figure out a school here. A non-Jewish school. And she said to her husband, when I was in that cellar, I thought I'd be the last Jewish woman in the world. And I had to think, what am I going to do for my son? What am I going to do for myself? What type of person am I going to be? I'm not sending my kid to a non-Jewish school here in Germany. I'm bringing my son to Brooklyn. I'm going to put my kid in Taravadas. If you have a problem with that, you could stay here. I'm leaving. My son deserves to go to a yeshiva. I'm checking out. Neyach realized he was the last person in the world. Him, his three sons, their wife, but it's all coming from him. His training, his education to his children. He's the last one in the world. When he was in the Teva, he was thinking, I can't wait to get started on this project of repopulating a world with morality, with holiness, with learning, with achievements, with pushing. That's why he sent out the raven out the window, because he was so excited. He knew he can't leave, but he was so excited. He decided to keep checking. Did the time come yet? I know I can't leave until Hashem says, but did it come yet? Because he was so excited to get on the next level. In our lives, I have to tell you, one day, you guys are going to get married, you guys are going to have kids. In your life with your kids, you are Nayach. You are the only one who's going to be producing that family. There's only going to be one Aramanahim and Aramanahim's family. That's it. To produce a family like that, I've got to be the best. I've got to be incredible. I've got to be this because it's all from me like Mrs. Pfeffer and like Nayak from the Teva. I've got to be the greatest person I can. There's something that struck me this morning. Nayak wanted to be saved. Earlier this week, I said a nice little pshatala. Nayak was saved. He was in the Teva. It was 300 by 50 by 30. Nice part. Okay. You know what another thing is? Nayak wanted to be protection. You know how old Nayak was when the Teva started? You know how old Nayak was when the Teva started? When the Mabel started? He was 600 years old. 600 years old when, when the Mabel started. That's how old he was. Yeah? Almost getting there. 600 years old. You know what the gematria is of 600? Same exact gematria? Sitis. Sitis. Same thing. Saf is 400. Sadi and Sadi is another 180. It's 580. And Yud Yud, 600. Sitis. Noyach at 600, he couldn't be saved when he was 599. Couldn't be saved when he was 550. No, no, 600. There's something special about 600. There's something that will protect you when you're at 600. When you're at Sitzis, you'll be protected. You'll be safe. There's so many things we can expect ourselves, but we have to start at the bare minimum. We have to start and say, did I make sure to take care of this? Now I'm moving on to the next one. 
from June, like us, you got to be protected. We got to say we're 600 years old, just like Nayak. I'm not that old. See, Mayor thinks I'm that old. I'm not that old. But I've gotten my tzitzis. I can't live without my tzitzis. I can't leave my house without my tzitzis. I can't walk around without my tzitzis. And if I'm Ashkenaz, I can't imagine not having my tzitzis sticking out because what's the point? Why not? My shirt's sticking out already. Why do I want to have my tzitzis sticking out? Okay, if you're Sephardic and you hold a Chavavadi and you can't, okay, Chavavadi said don't put it out. Sina Bashal writes that if you have, there are certain good reasons to have it out, but fine. Like you're Ashkenaz. Yeah, look at Shmuel, his tits are sticking out. Yeah? You have a person with their tits is sticking out. Be proud of it. Proud that you've got the best bulletproof vest in the world. We've got our tits is sticking out. Yeshua's tits is sticking out. Be proud of it. Next week, I want to say, it's tits is sticking out. That's who you are. You walk in here, you got your tits is sticking out. Like a Jew. You look amazing. It looks beautiful. They're white. They're beautiful. They're amazing. Sits is sticking out. Like Noyak. Remember the secret of 600. Remember if you have an opportunity, like Shmuel Baran said, if you have an to say either good or bad, why say bad if you could say good? You could change a person's life. You could change a person's life. Chumash Rashi, you can define your life. Whoa. Bez Hashem, Hashem should give us an opportunity to have a beautiful Shabbos. You go home, like Dr. Rosenstein said a few weeks ago, you go home, help your mother make Shabbos, help your mother by the table, serve a little bit. That's a shame, we should have a beautiful week.